You're listening to the Sustainable Angler Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Crawford. In this episode, I interview Senior Executive Advisor on Leadership, Culture, and Strategy Execution, um, as well as business author and advisor to CEOs, uh, John R. Childress. Um, We talk about everything about his latest book, uh, Fly Fishing for Leadership, uh, which I had the the privilege of of, of being included in, um, in in the sustainability chapter. Um, We we talk about sustainable business and systems thinking, um, but also the power of of fly fishing and and this experience that we we all love and, and share. So, I hope you enjoy. I'll also mention that uh, John was gracious enough to include a 20% off coupon um, for use on fly fishing for leadership. Uh, Just enter the code EMERGER, that's E-M-E-R-G-E-R, in the coupon box. Uh, So here we go. Thanks. This episode of the Sustainable Angler Podcast is brought to you by Emerger Strategies, a sustainable business consultancy whose mission is to solve the climate crisis by helping your business achieve carbon neutrality and zero waste. To learn more, visit EmergerStrategies.com. Thanks, Rick. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I really enjoy, I've enjoyed your podcasts all along. So it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be a part of that. So thank you very much. Uh, I'll give a brief introduction. Uh, I was born in Oregon. My family were fly fishers, so I kind of started out at an early age. Uh, although I didn't understand it much, I certainly enjoyed the outdoors, and I think that's probably where most people start is not necessarily understanding, but just being outside and catching a fish and releasing it and all the other all the other beauty that that's around you. You kind of get hooked, and I think that's a good metaphor. Uh, I wound up in college studying marine biology. I went to University of California, Riverside, and then I went to Harvard, and then I went to the University of Hawaii for a PhD. Uh, And then I got mesmerized by being an entrepreneur. And I wound up founding a consulting firm, not in the biology space, but actually in the organizational design business management space. And that was in, let's see, we started that in 1978. We grew that to be an international company, and I sold my my part of the business in 2000. Along the way, we we wrote several books on leadership, corporate culture, emerging business trends. And believe it or not, in all those books I wrote, sustainability was not one of the hot topics then, but it certainly is now. Uh, And when I retired, semi-retired, I should say, I wanted to do something that, I mean, I did something I always wanted to do, and that's write novels. (laughs) So you probably don't know, I wrote four thriller novels, which was really fun. I didn't know that. Well, uh, many people don't. Uh, They aren't million sellers, but I've got a million in the cellar. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting. All the characters are fly fishermen. <laughs> no so way. I guess we, I guess we can't get away from who we are. Uh, yeah. No matter no matter what profession we've got. Uh, recently, I've formed a small company doing um, building a software tool to help build an ecosystem inside an organization so they can map the business risks. Interesting. And. While I was down in Argentina fishing in 2019, I think it was 2019, 2020, just before the lockdown happened. In fact, I got the last flight out of Argentina before they closed the country. Wow. While I was there, I came up with this idea of, I've learned so much from fly fishing that has been appropriate for my business life that I wanted to figure out if I could 
codify that, if I could write a book about that. And that's where the book Fly Fishing for Leadership came from. And we interviewed 70 uh, business people who fish, guides, lodge owners, people in the fly fishing industry. And everyone had a story of what they've learned about leadership and life from fly fishing. So that's kind of my background. I'll stop there. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's, there, there's a few things uh, that, that are a couple things I should say that, that I want to touch on. Sure. Um, one, I've got to know where we can find these thriller novels uh, <laughs> because I, I, I'm a thriller novel junkie. Um, and if it has fly fishing associated with it, I, I need more info on that. Well, um, I'll give you one hook. Okay. What? One of the books is about pirates. Love it. And and they're all women, women pirates. Okay. And they are mean critters, I can tell you that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I, I I've got to I'm gonna have to get my hands on that. Um well, you just need to go to uh Amazon and type in my name, John R. Childress books, and you should find them. Okay, perfect. Um, All right. And I'll put that in the in the show notes. Um, so much for the plug, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's awesome. And then, and then also on, on the subject of books, yeah. uh, Fly Fishing for Leadership. Um, I was honored to uh, have been asked to have uh, been, been a part of this, actually. Um, John... And I uh, met, I guess, a, a couple of years ago because of this book. And it's really, uh, it, it, it has some truly interesting insights for how fly fishing really uh, teaches you so much beyond, obviously, just the love of, of, of fishing. Um, and so I, I uh, John and I did a little interview and I'm in the chapter 14, Stewardship and Sustainability. Um, you are, and you're a big part of that chapter as well. Yeah, I, well, I was, I was, thank you very much for, because it was, it's, it's a really, I, I reread the chapter um, in preparation for today and it got me pretty fired up. Um, I, in, in, in a, in a really good way, inspired. Um and so I wanted to to focus a little bit on on this chapter and um, and, and talk a little bit more about that with you, John. Um, sure. So with with your background, you mentioned you know organizational design and and, and leadership and, and culture and uh, just you, you have an extensive background, right, in this world. And and you mentioned earlier that sustainability was not a part of that conversation before and so i wanted to you know ask why why do you what has changed i guess um over time that now it's such a big part of of uh, the corporate and business world i think what's changed is it's pretty obvious you'd have to be dead or comatose not to realize that something's going on in the environment that is that's affecting people and how business operates, the communities it operates in, uh, climate change, uh, sustainability, plastic pollution, river pollution, overfishing, uh, strip mining, all these things, because there's more people on the planet and there's more, it's easier to connect with what's going on in the world through because of social media the internet. I think the internet has really opened up, opened people up to what's going on. And so we can't deny it in when I started writing my books in the 1990s and the early 2000s, there just wasn't much open communication about things going on. And now what happens in small countries around the world impacts all of us through supply chains and all of the pollution, etc. So it is a big issue now and it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's interesting that you um, mentioned the, the social media component. Cause, cause I agree. I think that um, whereas beforehand it would have taken 
you know, a, a nonprofit to do some type of in, investigating or something like that to say, hey, there's, you know, the, the Amazon is being right. de- the destroyed. Being down. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas now it's like, hey, I mean, this is you, you're getting real time information from people like that. This is. Yeah. Uh, so I think, number one, you can't ignore it. That's yeah. one thing that's happened. Number two, we're realizing, and particularly because of the global pandemic, that the world is an interconnected ecosystem. And I think that's where uh, my insights came, because being trained as a biologist, particularly marine biologist, you, you really see the interconnectedness of things. And in business so much, they they haven't seen that until just recently, because every department is kind of a silo. And as long as you're making a profit, uh, you don't see the ecosystem effects of your outputs. So now that we can understand that everything's connected, we need to really be careful of the changes we make because they have a knock-on effect on lots of other things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, so as you were saying that, you know, what kind of comes to mind is, well, I guess, I guess maybe a better question would be, John, because because of your your expertise is let's can you can we lay out a a kind of a, a generic business ecosystem um, and talk a little bit about that interconnectedness and then maybe how that relates to sustainability, which I think could be pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I think. One of the obvious ones that is coming home to roost right now is the supply chain. So the supply chain is is a part of every business's ecosystem. And it's more than just the four walls of that building where people work or where they manufacture. It's a long extended supply chain. It may go to rural farmers. It may go to transportation companies. It may go to warehousing companies, distribution companies, all along that supply chain, uh, it's all connected, and it be, the organism, the company becomes vulnerable if they don't realize that that's a part of their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The same is true with the communities that they operate in, and the impact they have on the communities, uh, whether it's the people the educated or non-educated workforces they draw from. It's just, it's a different way of thinking, Rick. And it's one that has not really sunk into a lot of the CEOs around the world. I think in the Western world, there's a little bit of a more of an awareness growing, but it's certainly not globally. There's a quote there's a quote in in the book here on page 171, and you brought it to my attention again. It, it says more than 77% of CEOs and CFOs, which is the finance head of the world's largest companies recently acknowledged that their firms are not prepared for the adverse impact of climate change. Yeah, They realize that it has an impact, but not prepared. And, and again, I think they're not prepared because they don't understand that their business sits within a, a much more extended ecosystem that they have to be re- responsible for. And I think that's the key word. We are responsible for this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, fly fishermen are responsible for being on the river in a responsible way and leaving it better than they found it. Yep. And I think if, if business people had that same ethos, leaving the communities you work in and the supply chain you use and the the products better than you found them, then I think we could make progress. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and and that's kind of, you know, uh, getting back to the, you know, fly fishing for leadership and talking about stewardship and sustainability, you know, for, for me personally, you know, that and and the interconnectedness, you know, yeah. that 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 to me is a is a is a fly angler. When I first started getting into fly fishing in my early 20s, um, learning about entomology was mm-hmm. really fascinating to me. Um, right. 
and so learn. You're starting to expand your circle of your ecosystem knowledge, right? Yeah, exactly. And 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 thinking in turn, you know, having us uh, understanding that, that there is a, a a bigger system at play, and that everything has its place and its and its role and its purpose in that system. Um, and and that was. You know, one of the one of the fun, you know, fly fishing has a pretty steep learning curve. And <laughs> and but if you stick with it, those are the things that you discover and you learn that uh, I think keep you so engaged with the sport because you realize that, it you know, it has, it has a lot to offer beyond catching fish. And um, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's it's really interesting to to hear you talk about ecosystems of businesses, and then I think about you know the ecosystem of a trout stream, and right. it's exactly the same set of principles. The same principles apply to a trout trout stream ecosystem as they do to an organization. Uh, and if you mess with one, it's going to have a knock on effect. It may have intended consequences or may have unintended consequences, which is usually the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why I think, Rick, why I think fly fishing is so good for people, particularly people in leadership positions, is because until they have an experience of that interconnectedness, and it's easier to see when you're fishing on a fly stream and you look at the you know, look at the shade caused by the trees on the river and the log jams where the fish hang out and uh, the, the entomology and the nutrients and the ed salmon that that renutriate. I don't know if that's a word or not. But, but, but <laughs> I know they, what you mean. <laughs> but they add nutrients back into this system. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to see that. And when a leader sees that, I mean, I've got, there are several stories in the book where the personal experiences of people who've seen a logged river that is now silted up, no fish, no entomology to speak of, uh, whereas once it was pristine, has totally changed their life. They became an advocate. And there are several stories that I interviewed that same experience. Uh, one guy runs runs a runs an environmental law firm, and when he recruits members for his board, he takes them steelhead fishing because they have to understand what they're dealing with and how important it is to maintain that balance. Mm-hmm. I love that, and 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 that is, I think, you know, for for me personally, my, my opinion. So someone has that experience, right? Going steelhead fishing and they understand what's at stake and what's at risk. If we don't, uh, operate responsibly as businesses or, um, live more responsible lives. Um, and, and, and they, uh, really typically, I, I love those experiences. You know, that's what people protect what they love. Um, and you have that kind of profound experience fly fishing that you you go okay it it makes you think well what is how what how big or small of an impact am i having or my company is having and and it's not just having on on the trout stream it's having on the communities they work in and the the customers and the supply chains and where they get their raw materials and you know it it that experience opens people's eyes and that's why i think fly fishing is absolutely great for people to experience um i will say one thing um in in writing this book and talking to a lot of people in the industry and yourself included rick i i think the fly fishing industry is a little bit ahead I think they're ahead in the sustainability movement. I think they get it. You know, I think they really get that interconnected and the importance of protecting the balance between sustainability, stewardship, and progress. I think they kind of get that balance. And 
So I'm pretty excited to be a part of that community. And I think it's it, it could have a bigger voice. Right now, it's sort of talking to itself. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to expand that. Although some firms are trying to get up to where policies are not just stream policies or, or environmental policies at a local level, but really on a national level, we got to get some policies and get some teeth into this. Otherwise, um, people are just going to keep doing what they do and making a buck and not caring. Yeah, I I, I couldn't uh, couldn't have said it better. I mean, the the in order. So let's take you know, there, there's a lot of different issues you could talk about. You know, what's happening in the Everglades, or and this is you know here in America, what what's well, happening in the Everglades? That's criminal. Or, that's abs- That's absolutely criminal. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it, it's it's crazy. And uh, somebody, some some agency hasn't got enough teeth or hasn't got enough courage. I don't know which one it is to really wade in there with big boots and and stop that stuff. Yeah. And it's the, it's the same, you know, you see it in these different areas and, and to your point things have to change for, so this kind of is, is getting a little deep, but you know, when, when you talk about systems, right. And yeah. so the, if we acknowledge that everything is, is in this system, well, you know, there's like micro systems or, you know, micro smaller ecosystems such uh-huh. as the fly fishing industry, but that's part of a bigger system that is the American economy, for example. Yep. And so you can make businesses in the fly fishing industry could and should, and, and many of them are, um, uh, conducting business responsibly and, and, and beginning to uh, understand their supply chain and, and more uh depth and making changes to reduce their carbon footprint, for example, or, you know, improve the livelihoods of the, the, the people in their supply chain. Right. Uh, but they're also, uh, they have to, they have to leverage that their economic impact and influence at the policy level to make widespread systemic change. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, you and I are beginning to sound like eco-warriors, and I don't want to say that I'm a, <laughs> I'm a eco-warrior. I'm going to burn them all down and start over, but uh, it's it's kind of time to get serious. And I think that the principles that you learn from fly fishing that apply to business and leadership are really powerful. And if we can get more people to make those connections, uh one thing I'm doing with my little software business is I'm building ecosystem models. So I'm building an ecosystem model of a company. And then I've even started building one on the 17 sustainable, the United Nations sustainable development goals. Yep. And I'm building another one on ESG. Just just to get people to recognize that there's a many more connections and many more touch points that have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and, and so just for folks listening that maybe aren't familiar with some of this, um, the, so UN sustainable development goals are 17 goals that it's, it's basically uh, to summarize it, I guess I would call it the, shared values of most people on the planet like we don't want people in poverty we don't want people starving uh we don't we need to address climate change right we want habitable cities that work for everybody uh yeah there are 17 of those and what my concern about those rick is while people are making promises they're not doing enough triage to understand which ones impact the others and starting at the, starting with the ones that have the most impact. Hmm. They're trying to shotgun them all, I guess, yeah. in a, in a term I could use, which our listeners would probably understand rather than taking a rifle approach to let's really tackle these seven or six of those that have the knock on effect on everything else. Cause if we do that, 
fixing the downstream ones are much easier. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy for it. You know I mean? It, it's the, and, and it, again, it, it kind of goes back to, or it doesn't kind of, it does go back to how this is a, this is a, a system, right? That you can't have, you can't do one thing without it impacting the other areas. Right. And we have to be more wise and understand what those impacts are. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing is not only the fly fishing industry kind of gets it, but I think the new generation, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in my seventies, um, two generations, three generations away from the people that are really making things happen now. And I think the new generation really does get sustainability and they get stewardship. I think they understand. I think it was you who said no fish means no customers. And uh, the other one that's perhaps earlier was there's no business to be done on a dead planet. I think it, I think that new generation kind of gets that and I'm waiting for them to get into power and get into the, the places where they can make, have the courage to make the kind of policy decisions that we need around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's, they, there's all sorts of studies that demonstrate it. And, um, but you know, I've, I've personally, I've seen it firsthand with with my clients at, at Emerger Strategies, and you know, there once you as a business decide to take ownership and responsibility, um, and you're able to tell that story in a in a credible way, you they see significant increases in customer loyalty. So there's, you know, there's. There's a there's whole a, lot of impact. There's a whole lot of positive impact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, there, there's a real business case for this. It's not just like, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's save the planet. Like, no, no, no. There's a there's something good. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That that's an outcome, yeah. but yeah. there's there's real business case for 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 doing this. Yeah. Rick, um it, the book is more than about a sustainability chapter. There is one yep. I want to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, um, there's a chapter in the book on the people you meet on the river. Okay. And what happens is that there's an, the fly fishing world is an interesting cast of characters. Uh, and occasionally you run across people that impact your life, whether it's what they teach you about the fly selection or the particular river or stream you're working on, but oftentimes they can give you subtle lessons about life as well. So for example, I was in, uh, I was invited by a friend of mine to go to Iceland and go salmon fishing. So I, you know, I jumped at the chance and this was in 2000 and I didn't know this, but the lodge we stayed in Jack Hemingway was staying at that lodge uh, and he would tell stories at night about his father, Ernest, and but his life was equally, equally interesting because imagine growing up the son of somebody as famous as Ernest right. anyway, right. and somebody as difficult. And somebody as difficult. I mean, he was a difficult man. There's no question about it. Three wives. I don't know how many legitimate kids and <laughs> all kinds of all kinds of adventures. He crashed twice in, in Africa. But I learned a lot from listening to Jack Hemingway's life story about failure. Because he felt failure as a son. He didn't live up to his dad's expectations. He failed in a couple of businesses. But he said, you know, failure is not me. It's just an experience. And I think fly fishing is a series of failures as well. Absolutely. But every time you fail, there's a lesson there. There's got to be a lesson there. And if if you're open to it, and that's what I try and tell executives, a failed product launch is your best learning experience. Hmm. A failed business venture is your best learning experience. You got to sit down and really think, what's my accountability? What did I miss? What should I do differently? And to me, Leaders are lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I love it, and and I, and I'd like for you to to stay on your soapbox, because uh, um, I, I would be. If there, are there any other chapters or lessons? I mean, there's. So first and foremost, this book has a is has an incredible incredible amount of lessons about leadership and business and, and what fly teaching fly fishing teaches you but are there any other uh lessons that stick out for you that uh maybe that you learned through the process of of creating this uh this book i think one one stands out and it it might not be much to do with business but it hits you right in the heart one of the guys i interviewed uh he talked about his elderly grandfather who, you know, when he was younger, he was just a keen fly fisherman. He was a mad fly fisherman and he went all over fly fishing. But then as he got older, he, he, he got frail and he got Alzheimer's and he couldn't even remember his grandson's name. And the last thing he remembered, the last thing that this guy I interviewed remembered about his grandfather is that he was in a walker. And they took him to the fly stream where he used to have a cabin on. And they, I mean, he couldn't remember what's going on. He was kind of out of it. But he stood in the water up to his ankles and he put the fly rod in his hand. And all of a sudden, all of the memories of fishing came back and he cast like a demon. He cast like a demon and he smiled and he chatted. And then after a while, it, it was over. Oh, wow. So That's there's something, in, there, there is something about fly fishing that touches us very deeply. And I, I think as I get older, I want to make sure I hold on to that. And yeah. I think we, we all in the industry ought to hold on to that. It's not just about how full is our lodge and how many fish does our guide put us on. There's something a lot deeper than that. Well, speak. So, speaking of, there, there's a couple of things. Um, one of the things, since we are on the sustainable angler, we've talked about fly fishing and leadership and sustainability and stewardship. Um, but we also, you, you mentioned a lodge, and one of the things that I want to ask you about that that you'd mentioned to me that you do have a uh, a workshop coming up maybe early next year could what what was can you refresh my memory there yeah um well what i've done um one of the things i didn't mention in my background rick was uh in my consulting business i did a lot of sem i developed a lot of seminars working with senior management teams business leaders so we've got a lot of tools and techniques for experiential learning in other words, learning by doing, through doing, and through interacting, and then being contemplative, and then discussing and those kind of things. So what I've done is I've contacted a lodge. It's the, the Hingfisher Lodge on the Bighorn. And I'm going to run a, a week long. It's not quite a week. It's uh, five nights, four days fishing and it's may 15 through the 20th in 2022 and we're going to use fly fishing as a leadership development opportunity and there's people are going to come executives are going to come from various different companies and we're going to have discussions in the morning about leadership principles and problems that they are dealing with in their leadership role. Then we're going to go out on the river and fish all day. And hopefully the lessons we learn on the river are going to be appropriate for what we spoke about in the morning. Then we're going to have a debrief session after dinner. And it's really a, a I find that the best leadership development is when you learn with others rather than just by yourself. Yeah. So it's so it's kind of for aspiring and emerging leaders. And 
I have, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to our website, which is www.flyfishingforleadership.com. And there's a page there about it. It's also sponsored by, I should say, the Fly Shop, which is a, one of the premier fly fishing and travel uh, organizations in the industry. I think they're headquartered in Redding, California. Yep. And they've been really helpful at uh, helping me get this whole thing organized. Uh, it'll be a small group. It's only a group for nine. But I think we're going to have a really deep learning opportunity. And because the bighorn is a tailwater, uh, it's fishable all all year long. So I don't think we're going to run into some, some of the problems that some of the other rivers have been having. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, it should be fun. Yeah. I, I, that, um, I, I'm, I, I, I want more information on this, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I, I'm gonna put this. I'll, I'll put a link for everyone listening um, that you can go to flyfishingforleadership.com and and find more info on that. But um, I, you you had mentioned that when we talked before, and that just seems so interesting. So thank you for for providing that um, uh, the info on that. So at Kingfisher yeah. Lodge on the on the Bighorn River in Montana. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. May, well, May, May 15th, 15th, 15th through the 20th. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 2022. Um, well, we, the other thing that I wanted to talk to John with you sure. about is you, you, since we're on the sustainable angler is a little bit more, uh, just maybe about fishing, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, uh, you mentioned you'd been to Argentina and I thought I'd ask, um, where where are some of the more remarkable places you've had the opportunity to to fish? Well, I think I've been really fortunate, and it's not luck. I've kind of created the time and the opportunity to go places because I like seeing different cultures, and I like seeing different environments, and I like dealing with different kinds of people. I think one of the most exciting was really early, just when Kamchatka opened up, I was able to go with the Wild Salmon Association Association and go to Kamchatka to do, to fish, but we also did some scientific research in terms of every fish we caught. We drew blood and we got scale samples and it was to kind of help them do some DNA analysis of the populations there. And I've, I've, on some of those rivers, nobody had ever thrown a fly. And it was wow. so interesting. And I'll tell you one cute story. Um, I was at this one riffle and I threw my streamer out and wham, I caught a big rainbow trout and I t- turned them loose. The next day I went to the exact same spot and I caught the same fish. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) That doesn't happen very often. No, (laughs) that was, that was uh, kind of interesting. Um, And I've been to the Amazon and I'm really, I'm, I'm actually trying to go back in 2022 at the, in August, I'm trying to go back to the Amazon, but, I'm just a little bit fearful of what's going on with all of the logging and the and uh, farming that they've been putting in and the burning of the Amazon. So I really want to go see that because it's a it's you talk about an interconnected ecosystem. Yeah. Everything there has a purpose. I mean, from the ants to the monkeys, to the birds, to the trees, to the fish, to the everything has a purpose and it's so well balanced and God, I hope it's not screwed up. I just, I mean, I know it is, but I hope I can go to a place where it's not and there's still a healthy amount left. Uh, In Argentina, where I like to go, I've got a favorite place. It's called Lago Strobel, or you may have read about it as Jurassic Lake. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Those, those are big fish. And <laughs> they were planted a long time ago and they're now wild and they spawn there and they live there and they grow on these little scuds that are just everywhere and they get to be monster fish. And it really is, it's not easy fishing. I mean, if you catch some days you catch four and some days you catch none because the wind is howling and it's colder than Alaska, it seems like. And, uh, but it is really interesting fishing. So I really like that. Uh, and of course I've been to Alaska and, um, the, the Seychelles and the Maldives and the Bahamas and Osrocus, which is kind of dangerous to go to now, unfortunately, because it's a wonderful bonefish tarpon fishery. Hmm. I think that's what's nice. You probably know this, Rick, as well as anybody. Uh, fly fishing gets you out. It gets you out about in different environments seeing different people seeing how people live their lives seeing how they make a living and they're all connected to the fly rod yeah absolutely and i mean that that you know so there's there's the whole just travel experience right i mean traveling i think is just uh is good for you traveling traveling broadens people's minds and if I mean, I've known people who've never gone outside of their county and it's kind of, it's not the same worldview that you get when you travel about and you have to interact with different kinds of people. hundred percent agree. I mean, there's, you, you get to, like you said, you get to see other cultures and communities and see how they operate and how they live and, you also get to see how fly fishing can positively impact those communities. Yeah. You know, um, one guy I interviewed, Oliver White is a fantastic guy, just absolutely fantastic and a great fly fisherman. Uh, he's been setting up for indigenous people in some of these rural communities where there's not a lot of income and not a lot of work and not a lot of skills actually. He's been developing the fly fishing travel business there, teaching them, teaching the indigenous people to be guides and to fish and to develop a destination spot. And it's it's good for the community. It brings in income. It's a non-polluting income. Uh, the whole community can get involved. So I think there needs to be more of that. Yeah. Because yeah, right and- now... Right now, they're burning down the forests in order to plant date palms and palm oil and whatever. And geez, that just ruins everything when they can make a make a good living with a non-destructive, non-polluting lifestyle, like being a fly fishing guide and having the infrastructure there. Yeah, and and protecting biodiversity and species is kind of the end result. You know, I mean, they're yeah. They're saving those fish and, you know, kind of goes back to the whole systems thinking, you know, it's like, yeah, you protect those fish. Well, that has repercussions on that entire, literally that entire ecosystem. Yeah. I think for me, one of the formative things that when I was at Harvard, one of my professors was E.O. Wilson. And I don't know if you know much about him, but yeah, right now he's uh, one of the one of the most respected people on the planet, along with uh, David Attenborough, about what we need to do to to save biodiversity and why biodiversity helps everybody. And it was in his lectures in the early 70s that I really started thinking about things as an ecosystem. Yeah. Hey John, you there? Yeah. Hey, sorry, yeah, I thought, I, my 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 uh thing cut, cut out there. Anyway, sorry. Um, so so I what I, what I last heard was uh, E.O. Wilson um being a leader on biodiversity, and he was one of your professors, and just have, I'm sure that had a an, an impact on you. Yeah, it did. It it kind of 
it formed my thinking about ecosystems and why I think they're so important. Uh, You know, it's pretty incredible. You don't meet too many business leaders like yourself who have a background in in marine biology. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Um, I think if I was honest and I look back at my life, if I would have been smarter, I'd have probably stuck with marine biology because it's, in those days, 1970, um, you know, it wasn't the thing to do. Nowadays, it's one of the more important occupations out there because we're, the oceans control so much of our weather and so much of our food sources, and we're kind of screwing it up. So, well, anyway, let, let, let me, let me ask I, you this. You and I will do the best we can. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's all. That's all you can do. You know, at the at the end of the day, you've got to do uh, what you think is best and help as many people along the way. And yep. um, I know that that's certainly what 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 you are doing and have done. And I'm 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 trying to do that. Um, well, you're doing a good job of it. I like your I like how you're approaching it uh, with real practical tools to get people to be carbon neutral to lean out their supply chain to all the things that you're doing uh, those are practical hands-on things that need to be done well I, I appreciate that um, very much um, but John one of the things that I wanted to to maybe uh, conclude with um, I don't think we've left anything out that we wanted to cover but uh, what, so we've talked a lot about um, you know, how maybe we're, we're reaching a tipping point and things like that, um, and we're throwing things out of balance. Uh, what, what gives you hope for the, the future of the planet and business and fly fishing? Wow, what a question. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that I'm prepared for that. You threw me a curve here. But, uh, let me, well, number one, I hope I get to go fly fishing more. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's that, all. You got to have something to look forward to. I hope the travel opens up a little sooner than it is so I can get out and do some more fly fishing. I'm stuck here in London, England. I, I mean, I'm not stuck, but that's where I live. And, uh, Unfortunately, the salmon fishing has been kind of decimated through a variety of things, particularly offshore farming and all of that sort of stuff. So I got to travel to do things. But let's see. What do we hope for? Uh, I hope we can reach those business people who have a platform. By a platform, I mean a megaphone and a little bit of pressure. I mean, I would rather uh, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos spend it, spend their billions not going to Mars, but really investing in sustainable development opportunities, mm-hmm. new technologies that are greener, so we can have the same kind of progress, but without without the amount of damage that we've done. Um, I hope we can help some of these developing nations who want everything that the West has, but they're doing it in the same way, which is unfortunate. So we got to help them do it in a better way. Um, And I guess I just hope that we can get along better, Rick. I mean, it's kind of a divisive world right now. Even the U.S. is divisive, let alone, you know, what I think we got to realize that we're on one little rock floating through space and we're all dependent upon each other. And I, then again, I think that's why fly fishing is really a good lesson for people because you see how dependent you are on each other. You're dependent upon your guide. You're dependent upon the lodge. You're dependent upon the river, the quality of the water. Etc. 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 Yep. Well, I think that John, that is a 
great note to 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 wrap on. Um, but I also want to make sure just a couple things here towards the end. Um, where can people find fly fishing for leadership? Where can they get more info on your uh your uh leadership workshop at Kingfisher Lodge, all, all the above. Okay. Uh, the book can be got on amazon.com. It can also be ordered through our website. And what I'll do is for people who I'll put in a coupon for a discount for people who have heard this podcast. So it'll be uh, something like a merger 20% off okay. and you can, you can use that. Okay. Um, to learn about the upcoming retreat that we're having, the executive leadership fly fishing retreat, there's two ways of doing it. One, the fly fish has a, has a catalog and it is listed in their catalog. It's a online catalog. So you can find it there. Or there is a whole page about it on our website as well. Or, the, or they can just to call me up and talk. Okay. There's, awesome. Send me an email. They can reach me at john at johnrchilders.com. John at johnrchilders.com. Right. I had to throw the R in there, which is for my middle name because somebody had already taken the John Children's stuff. It's the way life is, you know. Well, it kinda, it, it's good though. Kinda, it's, it's easier to remember that way. Uh, John <laughs> Okay. Um, well, uh, John, this has been um, uh, an absolute pleasure uh, getting to talk with you. I always enjoy um, learning from you and uh, I I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to be a part of your, your book, Fly Fishing for Leadership, and uh, just really want to say thank you for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. Well, you really were the you were the impetus for that chapter, so I really appreciate that because I think that's a good chapter in the and a bunch of other good chapters in the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Angler Podcast. Uh, special thanks to John Childress for joining me on the show today. Um, if you like what you're hearing, um, leave, leave a rating and review. Um, we're also available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I think recently we've, we've even been added to Audible. Uh, so check us out there. Leave, leave a rating and review if you like what you're hearing. Um, you can also find the Sustainable Angler merchandise at the new, new website, thesustainableangler.com, um, as well as blog and, and, and older episodes. So anyway, uh, thanks again and have a good one.